Hey guys, we are going to cut over to today's episode in just a moment. I just have a pretty important announcement that I got to share with you before we get started. And that is that we are bringing ads back to the podcast. You will now hear ads on Sunday episodes. I'm sure some of you are pretty upset at the news and some of you are like, yeah, Leanne, you finally brought them back. I missed them so much. I've learned that I really can't please everyone. Some people were really upset that we dropped ads. Some people were really happy that we dropped ads. We probably gained new listeners by not having ads, but it really comes down to the fact that I just can't sustain this long term. And I hope you understand that the business requires it. And I think a lot of our listeners also require it too. So we're taking a little bit of a different stance than we did before where we had ads on the podcast, three ads each podcast, where we had them on the blog, in the newsletters, in social media. All we're doing for right now and really running with this change is incorporating one ad per podcast at the beginning of the episode. That's it. What does this mean for you if you're a Patreon? So if you've been supporting us on Patreon, uh, we tried to supplement our ad income by adding Patreon where people could donate money and then get free things and exclusive content. I'm actually going to continue with Patreon. Uh, we renamed it to Keto Unlimited. You can find more by going to theketounlimited.com. And this is where I'm going to be sharing personal keto stories, resources, videos, interviews, giveaways, you name it, stuff that will never hit the blog or the podcast or social media. I just like making stuff there. And the community has been really, really great. And I just really want to continue with it. And also, if you're kind of upset at the fact that we're bringing back ads at theketounlimited.com, you can actually sign up as a You Are Loving member and get our Sunday episodes delivered to you a day early without ads. And they're in video format. So there's an option for you as well. So this is the part in the program where I hit you with an ad. And I think you're going to like it because we've taken an educational stance with our ads. So today's episode is supported by Perfect Keto Exogenous Ketones. There's a lot of confusion about exogenous ketones, one of them being that exogenous ketones kick you out of fat burning, and that couldn't be more false. <laughs> Think of exogenous ketones as a little blip in your fat burning cycle, where when you have the exogenous ketones, it actually encourages you to burn more fat and will keep you in fat burning longer and in a higher level. Another concern that people have is that taking Taking them won't really result in any improvement. And I have personally used exogenous ketones now for over a year and a half. And I use them when I want to extend my fast, when I want my brain to be really lit up. Like when I'm on book tour, I am on exogenous ketones most of the time. If I want to fast through a flight so that I don't deal um, with jet lag, that's another big one. If I am going for a hike and I want that instant energy, it always allows me to push through a really heavy workout. So if you want to try exogenous ketones, I have a $15 off coupon code. Now, this is a 25.5% discount. This is insanity. You can use the coupon code KDP15 by going to perfectketo.com slash KDP15. So you go to that URL, then you load up your cart with exogenous ketones and use the coupon code KDP15 for $15 off ketones from September 2nd till the 30th, 2018. After the 30th, this offer will not be working. So if you're listening to this episode after September 30th, 2018, you can use the coupon code HEALTHFUL for 15% off. 
Hey, happy Sunday. I can't even believe it's September already. This is crazy. You're listening to episode number 102, 102 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today we're chatting about being open to changing the relationship with your body, what to expect with health at every size, the role of diet culture in your ability to love and accept yourself, giving yourself permission to eat all of the cookies, and so much more. This topic is so important to me and something that I am so happy to be incorporating into healthful pursuit, especially over the last couple of months. So for those of you who don't know, I struggled with an eating disorder for over 20 years. And when I started the ketogenic diet back in 2014, I still struggled massively with bulimia. And for the first year and a half of my ketogenic experience, I still binged and purged often. And there was a lot of shame around what I was doing, especially as a health coach and somebody that is out there in the world promoting a healthful lifestyle to then go home and uh, still have bulimia and anorexia was a challenge. And I felt like a complete fraud. And then when I adapted to the fat-fueled eating style, part of that experience was working with a body image coach. I was sick and tired of living in the space of having to use a diet in order to quote unquote be happy when I wasn't happy and I was miserable and I had used intuitive eating um, to get me to a spot, but then intuitive eating became uh, really guilt ridden and I was dealing with a bunch of stuff. I heard about a coach. Her name was Summer Inanen. I've spoken about her many, many times. If you haven't already checked out her website, please do summerinanen.com. And I worked with her for, oh gosh, at least nine months on uh, reframing my beliefs around my body and food and health and all of the things. And this was during the time that I was writing the keto diet. And so to be writing a diet book while you're trying to remove yourself from uh, diet, the diet mentality was a challenge. Uh, and I remember chatting with Summer um, during one of our sessions of, I just want to talk about this stuff on the podcast and on YouTube. And I was so terrified to do it because who am I to talk about this stuff? I have had a blistered relationship with food for as long as I can remember. And I'm such a newbie to this health at every size concept. And I'm so obsessed with the way that I look. And this is my currency and how I show up up in the world is based on how I look and how do I get away from that. And so after the book launch and the book tour and the happy keto body and all the things since uh, I would say starting at the beginning of this year, I really started and wanted to start weaving in conversations like this, where we're trying to bust down our beliefs about what health is, what a healthy body looks like, giving ourselves permission to eat all the things so that we can finally rid ourselves of the belief that we can't trust our bodies and so much more. So today's guest is here to chat with us all about this very thing. And if you are digging this episode, please take a minute to leave a review for the show. That would be super awesome. You can also get the podcast extra that we put together for this episode by going to healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E102. And let's do this thing. 
Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast, the show all about keto for women, so you can burn fat, balance your hormones, heal your body, quickly adapt to a ketogenic diet, avoid common struggles, and get the results you crave. And now, here's your host. You might know her as the Keto Queen. She's the international best-selling author of The Keto Diet, founder of Happy Keto Body, and she loves dipping pork rinds in avocado oil mayo, Leanne Vogel. Our guest today is Christina Bruce, who is a certified integrative life coach and an advocate of the health at every size paradigm. Calling upon her education in health studies, sociology, yoga, meditation, and the work of Byron Katie, Christina works one-on-one with women to help them reconnect to their bodies and feel more confident and accepting within themselves. If you're digging this topic and you want to delve a little bit deeper, you can check out my program Fat Fueled, which I actually rewrote last year in 2017. Um, So it has a bunch of new information about connecting to your body, intuitive eating. I even included a seven days to food freedom uh, program within there. So if you do have a copy of Fat Fueled, you can check out chapter two for all of those details. So without further ado, let's cut over to this interview. Hey, Christina, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing, Leanne? I'm so good. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So why don't we start off by, you know, start at the basics. And I need to ask you, what does health at every size mean to you? Well, what health at every size means to me is looking at health from a very individual perspective, not based on a set of external rules or regulations of how bodies are supposed to be. So right now in our current medical system, the BMI scale body mass index is a huge determining factor for someone's health. And that unfortunately is completely bogus. I'm not sure if you know you know how it was started in the 1800s by a mathematician. It was yeah. never meant to be used by for an individual marker of health. And so when we end up putting people up against this kind of really like arbitrary scale, we lose connection with people with people and their individual life circumstances and their history and their culture and whatever's happening for them at the time. And so when we like try to scale somebody, match somebody up against the scale, that's age is not even accurate. Um, We can actually lead people away from health that's right for them at the time. So it looks at a lot of really health at every size for me too, is recognizing that people can be healthy at a variety of different sizes. And it's not saying that every size is right for everybody. Like if you, you know, weighed X number of pounds on the high end of the weight spectrum, that that's healthy, quote unquote, or on the opposite end, if you are X number of pounds on the low end of the weight spectrum, that that's quote unquote healthy for you. But it's recognizing that health is not based on size, that that people can be healthy at a variety of different sizes on the weight spectrum. I love that. I, when I determined, when I read about this for the first time, it 
completely changed the game for me as a nutritionist who had been in the field for years and really struggled with my own body and trying to fit that mold, having that um, and now seeing that with my own body of like, this is not the body that I thought I would have in order to be healthy, but I'm the most healthiest I've ever been and balanced and um, confident and all those things that I thought I could never have with the body that I have now. And I, it's taken me years to get to this point. And I would love to know how you have used um, health at every size in this um, paradigm with your life coaching and yoga and meditation and everything that you do um, and feed the world with your brilliance. How do you <laughs> oh, that's not a lovely compliment. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, my own personal journey started out where I was very much obsessed with how I looked and it came more from a body image side than it really did health. I just thought I would be more acceptable if I, and more desirable if I was thinner as the culture feeds it. And so when I got into yoga, just in, you know, sort of my own personal and spiritual development, I kind of went into this world where a sort of thin body and ideas of what wellness looked like went hand in hand. And so even though it might not have explicitly been set out that way, if you look at all the covers of Yoga Journal magazine, you're looking at models, basically, especially being in these positions where they're, you know, like, I don't know, like they look, they all look like they're from Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And so I kind of ended up as a teacher, found myself striving to have a quote unquote yoga body. And I ended up having to do things that were actually really unhealthy in order for me to get there. So restricting what I was eating, um, you know, really becoming obsessive about the scale and calories and really denying my body. So it was interesting how yoga is all about going within, but then when we're really focused on trying to manipulate our body to be a certain way, we literally have to cut ourselves off from all of our internal uh, cues in order to to do that. So health at every size for me when I when I first realized that I could actually be healthy uh, and my my size wasn't a factor in that. Um, and when I also the biggest piece actually of health at every size, which I didn't share before, is it really factors in social determinants of health. So you know, what we eat and how we move and our health behaviors, we have control over that to a certain degree. And that's important, but that actually only contributes about 25% of overall health outcomes. So 50% of that is actually like your socioeconomic status. So if they were to isolate for all health behaviors, and they've done studies with this, uh, so basically, somebody who's making a very low income and somebody who's making a very high income, if they're eating exactly the same and exercising exactly the same and getting the amount of sleep, the person who has a lower income is actually going to have a worse health outcome than the person who is making a high income. So when we factor all of that in, you know, environment, stress at, at work, relationship, qualities of relationships, genetics, you know, these kind of things, then we can actually see where 
where health actually is the most positive, positive for people. And it's people who essentially have the most privilege in our culture. And so bringing that into the, the mold and then realizing that how can I sort of cater what I'm doing to people's circumstances so that it's not just this constant pressure, oh, that it's your fault that you're sick or you have to, you know, eat and move in this certain way if maybe you can't afford it. You know, does that now mean that this person has failed at being healthy? You know, I don't think so. Like A, number one, health behavior is not as nearly as important as we're told that it is. And number two, you can, you, you got to work with what you have. And I think just sort of taking that stress off of people to constantly berate themselves into, oh, I'm not doing good enough or, you know, I need to be doing more of this. Relax, like, A, realize how much stress that adds on to our lives, which we know that chronic stress is a negative factor of health. So anyways, I'm kind of going on a bit of a tangent or all over the place here, but I hope that makes a little bit of sense and how I kind of use it and how I view people's health. I really love that you touched on the accessibility and this is something that I've been quite mindful of lately. So we were chatting before we started recording. I'm from Canada and in Canada, you as well, we don't really have food deserts. That's really not a thing in Canada. Like generally speaking, we can find fresh food just about anywhere. I've lived on the East coast, West coast in the middle, like it's all kind of accessible. But since we've been traveling through the U S I mean, there were periods of time specifically in like Arkansas, Alabama, Georgia, where I was having to drive three hours to get fresh food. Wow. And I mean, if you don't have a car, (laughs) how, how are you going to do that? And I think a lot of people are discouraged from, treating their body with respect and kindness with the, with the resources that they have available to them. The accessibility piece is just such a big factor. And I didn't really understand that until I saw something like the food desert where it's like, like I'm loading up the Jeep, I'm packing snacks and I'm making a day trip to go to Costco. And some people don't have that ability. I really like that you touched on that. It's something that I've been very mindful of, of, lately. So thank you for that. And so when I'm assuming that you meet with clients and you work with them on breaking down beliefs when it comes to their health and their size and things, what happens like when you saw a light bulb go off in somebody you're teaching, what did that look like? And how do I picture this? So you're meeting with a client and you guys are chatting about things. And oftentimes I know that when I'm meeting with clients, you can kind of see like they're just getting it. Mm-hmm. And what does that, what does that look like? Or what does it feel like? Or wh- where do you see people finally get it? Like, is there a certain thing that they have to go through? Or is it completely unique? Or when do you see that moment that it just clicks? Yeah, so I, I primarily work with clients who kind of already come to the place where they're like, okay, I'm done trying to, you know, shrink myself into this certain body size, pants, whatever, you know, meet a certain number. Like I've tried everything. I'm exhausted. I'm done. I just want to feel good about myself. So I'm sort of reaching them at that point. And how long it takes to get there really varies. I mean, for me, I was, I, I kept myself small for a solid eight to 10 years. And that was such a focus in my life. But it wasn't actually until 
I, my boyfriend moved in with me and I couldn't keep up my intense workout and food regime anymore. And I realized, oh, hey, so there's more, there's more to life than just working out for an hour when I get home and like weighing my food. If I actually want to enjoy a meal with him, then I'm going to have to not do this. So I all of a sudden, and it was really hard. Like I will just say it was really hard, but it took me probably about a good year from when I started to come across health at every size and intuitive eating to when I was actually open to say, okay, I'm going to do this. So when people are coming to me at that phase, I work with them more on their, a lot of body image stuff. And I really get to the nitty gritty about, you know, what does that, what are we making these things mean about ourselves? So if it's, um, you know, the fact that I've gone up to pant sizes and that's causing a lot of anxiety, you know, I break down the beliefs of what, it, what do I make that mean? So when they kind of have this light bulb moment and work through those beliefs and realize that actually like they're not, they can, they can actually live a full life and be happy if they're not, you know, a size, whatever. Um, it's very empowering for them and very free. Those are like the two words that I could use to describe it is there's all of a sudden this sense of empowerment because what I, when I work with clients, I really work with them finding the answers within themselves. Like I can't possibly know what is right for somebody, but they know within themselves if only we can get quiet and listen and work through all the beliefs that are going on in the head that block us from that intuition and that wisdom. But it's empowerment and freedom and realizing like they're unstoppable. And that's, that's a really amazing thing to witness. I hope you're totally digging this episode. I love putting these together every week and I hope you're getting something out of it. I love seeing where you're listening from. So next time you're listening or even right now, take a picture of yourself watching the show or a screenshot of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram at healthful pursuit. And if social isn't your thing, that's totally fine. Just jump on your favorite podcast player and leave a review for the show. Okay, back to the good stuff. Do you feel like after that moment of like, I can do anything. I know that I did have that moment as I was working with maybe you're familiar summer in and in, she was my coach for a very long time, amazing human being. And there was a moment where I'm like, yep, I got it. Light bulb has gone off. I'm a different human now, but then it followed up with a touch of guilt every once in a while. <laughs> like I'm not working out right now, guilty, or I'm eating an entire chocolate bar right now, guilty, or, you know, like you're breaking down those molds, but there's a lot of guilt. Do you experience that as well with your clients? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, this process is an ebb and flow uh, or like a roller coaster. As I say, you know, there are highs and then there are lows because, you know, we also live in diet culture. We're, we're surrounded by it unless we're in very small pockets. Like I've created a lovely little social media bubble for myself. And, it, and so for the most part, I, I've blocked myself from it. But all I need to do is, you know, go to an event and sit at a table with eight people. And all of a sudden the talk comes out about how bad they were. And I got to work this off tomorrow. And, and I'm just like, no, no. Like, or the hairstylist. Oh my gosh. I oh, hate just, going to the it's, salon. It's just, it's everywhere. So <laughs> So I always tell people when I'm working with them, that is completely normal and it's part of the process and to allow whatever feelings come up 
from that. So I know when I was in it personally for myself, Oh, I remember having like, like, like I was sitting on the, not sitting, I was lying on the couch, like just sobbing, like somebody died because this idealized version of this perfect thin person that was going to have all the happiness in the world died when I realized I wasn't going to go back there anymore purposefully. You know, I could, I was at this point where I was, I was almost like I was kind of in the middle of the tunnel <laughs> looking back and seeing I could go back there, but I just knew how much it took for me and what it robbed for me and how it controlled my life that I knew I could never go back. So I had to grieve that loss in order for me to move forward. Yeah. I, it's interesting you see that because I had a very similar experience also laying on a couch being like, it was kind of this moment of like, I'm in the middle of the tunnel and I get to decide, do I want to continue on this path or do I want to try something new and finally be free of this garbage that's been weighing me down for over 30 years? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, it was this moment of realization, like if I wanted to get to the body and I, I still remind myself because I still have moments where I'm like, oh, I remember being so much happier when I was blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, reality check. No, you weren't. Mm -hmm. but <laughs> But thinking in order to get to the size that I wanted, I remember measuring myself at my smallest weight. I would have to shave off one of my hips, like realistically <laughs> in order to get to that size. So I was telling myself I could get to the size, but like my hip bones just won't get any smaller, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, that was the same moment for me laying on the couch being like, I got this way or this way. And I thankfully chose the one that was the most terrifying at the time. And I, it is scary. Do you have any tips for people that women that are listening right now? Like, wow, these two are making a little bit of sense. I want to investigate this, but that is terrifying. If I eat, you know, if I give myself permission to eat whatever I want and I no longer, I no longer care about my body anymore. And I just get to eat whatever I'm going to be 4,000 pounds. And isn't that health at every size? Can we unpack that a little bit? Mm, the message yeah. of like health at every size is eating cupcakes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So when I find that when people fear gaining that much weight and like, they're just going to go out of control, they're going to eat nothing, but you know, cookies or whatever all day long. And, and how, how can that possibly be healthy? And they're going to gain, gain, gain. There's a few different things I can talk to for that. Number one, the harder that, that somebody has been restricting the, it's like a pendulum. Okay. So the harder that somebody has been restricting and you let go of that pendulum, you're going to swing all the way to the other side. And so that's what ends up happening for people is they have their, you know, cheat days or, or they're going on a diet for so long and then they get off and they just binge. And it's scary because there's just this feeling of such a lack of control that they think, oh my God, well, this is obviously why I have to restrict because if I don't, this is what happens to me. So A, if somebody's been restricting that long, yes, that's going to happen. You're going to have to let yourself in the most, it's so terrifying. And again, my experience, when I finally let go of, of dieting and restricting myself, 
I'm not lying. I ate a pint, sometimes two haagen every day for three weeks. Yeah. And I thought, too. is this so, so am I never, I thought, am I never going to get sick of haagen Like, I, I mean, I still love how I eat it regularly, but I, I, it just, it controlled me. And I just said, okay, I have to do this. And so I had to let myself eat everything that I had per- forbidden myself to eat. I had to let myself eat it in as much quantity until I got to a point that I said, I didn't really want it so much anymore. And, but if we don't allow ourselves to go through that, we're going to constantly be in this loop and we'll never get out. So there will be a point when all of a sudden, because guess what? Eating only ice cream for your entire life, you're not going to feel so good after a while. You kind of feel like crap. <laughs> and so I, re- I remember I started craving vegetables. I was like, can I just freaking have a salad? You eventually realize that you can start to trust yourself again. You can actually, this is where we have, this is the point where we can get in tune with, with what our body actually wants, but we have to go through this period of messiness and of out of controlness in order to find ourselves back to that period. Now, in terms of the weight gain, if someone was below a certain weight of what is natural for their body, yeah, they're going to gain weight. You will. And we need to just get, come to a point of reconciling with that. And that, again, is the work that I do with my clients one-on-one because it's in, it can be intense work at times. It's why I also offer email support in between sessions because a week can be a really long time and a lot of stuff can come up in between that period. Um, but yeah, so people will, will probably gain weight if they've been restricting, but it's going to level out. Because our bodies, our bodies regulate our weight naturally when we are attuned to our eating, when we're just living our lives, you know, with some healthy movement that works for us. Left alone, our weight naturally fluctuates about 20 pounds, left alone. And for women, that's going to be more because of, excuse me, menstrual cycles, you know, water retention, all that kind of stuff. It's going to fluctuate, but left alone, no, it's, we're not going to keep going up and up and up because our bodies actually don't want to be beyond a certain uh, weight either. But we just, we can't trust it because our bodies actually, it's like, if we look at, um, just trying to think, uh, I am coming, I'm lacking like a really good uh, analogy right now, but put it this way. At the low end, our bodies are much more strict at making sure we don't lose a lot of weight because if we lose too much, we die. (laughs) But on the high end, our body's actually more flexible. So it's okay to hold on to quote unquote extra weight, even though I don't believe that there's such a thing as extra. It's just some more because we're okay actually holding on to more weight than we are having less weight. So again, like it will, it's more natural to go up on the high end, but it's going to stop at some point. They've done studies where they have, um, people have, you know, eaten a ton of calories and they get to a certain point where they actually can't, uh, they won't gain any more weight. Yes. Have you seen that documentary on Netflix? What is it called? Where they have all these like kids, Um, like 20, well, kids, 20 to 30 year old people um, that were naturally like thin their whole lives, 
eat like 10,000 calories a day and they all gained like five to 10 pounds and then just couldn't gain any more no matter how much they ate. Yeah, I didn't see that documentary, but now I'm really curious. But exactly, because it's also genetics. Yes. It's also genetic. So now, and if we didn't live in such a completely fat phobic culture with a war on obesity, in quotes, we would not be so terrified and misinformed, frankly, about the impact of weight on our health because it is there, there is no, the, none of the research has proven that weight in and of itself causes illness. And, you know, that's in the book, Health at Every Size. It's in the book, Body Respect by Linda Bacon and Lucy Aframore. All that great research and data is in there. But if we weren't so afraid and there wasn't so much weight stigma and bias in our culture, we would be a lot more comfortable with quote unquote extra weight on our bodies. And we'd realize that actually our bodies do quite well um, for some people being on a higher end of the weight spectrum. Mm-hmm. And something you've said, it's okay to have more weight on our bodies than less, which is like for so yeah, many mind people, blowing. like totally mind blowing. Sorry, what? But for me, oh my gosh, I'm so much healthier and I'm so much happier. Like I can't <laughs> even, it's almost like I've cracked the code, but it was there all along. Like yeah. all I needed to do was to listen to my body and eat whatever. But we might be, um, you know, feeling that vibe, but you go to your doctor and this has happened to me so many times. I go to my silly family doctor cause I need something and they put me on that scale and they're like, Ooh, Leanne, like, you know, and I've told them very clearly, do not tell me my weight. I do not want to know that number. It has nothing to do with my health here. Are all the awesome things that are going on. Um, how do we deal with size discrimination and weight-based healthcare issues and even family-based fat shaming when we're like, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm just going to live my truth. And people hate that you're not on a diet and that you are happy. <laughs> so how do you deal with that? Holy, that? Well, there's like a lot of things there. <laughs> like, how yeah, do you start do- with, start with number one. What's <laughs> um, so, well, size discrimination, I guess it's just like, how do you deal with P I guess the big question and to sum it down is like, how do you deal with people that aren't on the health at every size space with you and have a hard time dealing with the way that you've chosen to live your life? Yeah. <laughs> I have a certain amount of thin privilege. Um, I can, you know, still go to a store and, and I'm on the high end of it, but can usually find clothing that fits me. So I think in my own experience and with some of the clients that I've worked with too, have been in sort of that similar kind of more medium bodies. They don't receive the discrimination as, as much because, well, they're not too big, quote unquote. People, I mean, for me, it's been more just been people don't, you know, compliment me as much as they used to. Uh, And so I think a lot of wanting to be thinner is because we crave that reinforcement, that external reinforcement. For people though, who are in higher, uh, who are in larger bodies, often what from what I hear that they do, because again, I can't speak from my own experience, but I take the um, 
the cues from other fat activists or people who are who are living in larger bodies is you know they just politely tell themselves like i'm 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 at a healthy weight for myself i follow a intuitive eating health at every size approach i'm happy to give you the literature on it or can recommend it to you if you want to read it i actually don't want to talk about this you know it's really about setting boundaries like thank you i understand that you're concerned for my health and I'm trusting my body and and I'm doing what's best for me. Um, so that's like, I would just really say giving the literature because I think for most of us, we didn't believe it either until we really came across all of this information ourselves because it's the opposite of what we're hearing in the media. In terms of the doctor's office, I know some people, I, I don't know if you've actually done this. You said that you asked not to tell your weight um have you have you asked not to be weighed yes that wasn't an option i've yeah really yes so so apparently for some people you can say you can try it and say um i i'm i don't want to be weighed and apparently there are some doctor's offices that will like it's not it's not required so you can always you can always ask. Some people, some people get a fight about it. <laughs> like it is, you know, that's that's again is what's unfortunate is even weight stigma and weight bias is in the medical community. So that's this is really hard. Now, I actually, and I think I'd love to send you a link on this, Leanne. There's a great fat activist. She has a website. I am, or she's on Instagram. I am Danny Adriana, and literally, she just did a webinar on how to advocate for yourself at the doctor's office if you're a fat person. So I would love to to share that resource because she is amazing, and I think that would be a really great resource for people to use when they're going to the doctors and wanting to challenge the the weight side of it. Yeah. She's from Australia, right? She is. Yeah. I love her. She's so great. She is awesome. So So I would definitely link to that um, if you can, because when I saw her doing this, I was like, oh my God, this is what everybody needs right now. Like I've been waiting to get my hands on it. Uh, Also Reagan Chastain, she's another fat activist. And I believe she actually has a one pager on her website of how to advocate for yourself at the doctor's office. One of the things that is often said is if some, if a doctor, uh, because one of the main challenges that people in larger bodies have is they don't receive care for their symptoms. They just get told lose weight. I think it was about 60, over 60% of, of people in fat bodies had that experience. So one of the things people can say is, if I was a thin person pre- prevent, um, excuse me, per- presenting with these same syst- um, symptoms, what would you recommend for them? So Amazing. it's really about challenging. And that's, that's a scary place to be, you know, especially since we give such power and authority to doctors. So another recommendation too is to have somebody with you you know, have an advocate with you who, if you're getting really, you know, flustered or, or feeling upset, somebody who's, you know, a friend might be able to speak for you as well and to have that support if that's possible in, in the room with you. That's a really great recommendation because you can get really emotionally charged, especially the first, second, third time you do sort of things like this. I remember standing up to my doctor for the first time and I brought my mother. <laughs> Because I'm like, when I start crying and I'm breaking down, I know that she'll fight for what I need and want in this moment right now. Yeah. That's so important to have. 
Yeah. I mean, I've yet to be in a situation, like I, I've been pumping myself up right now because I've yet to have a, a full on physical since I've gained weight. And I'm just like, I swear to God, if, if they ask me, I'm just ready. I'm going to be like, I refuse to be weighed and, you know, and just see what they say. <laughs> like, I'm really just going to be strong to say, I, I really refuse to be weighed. It's not an indicator of my health. So I would prefer that we not use this as a benchmarker and you're free to take my blood pressure or any other, you know, tests that you want to do that would be help you to get an overall picture of my health, but let's take weight out of the picture. Mm, mm, I love that. Riot. Well, thanks so much, Christina, for coming on the show today. This was so great. Where can people find more from you? They can go to my website. It's uh, christinabruce.com and that's Christina with a K, so K-R. And also I have uh, an Instagram account, Christina Bruce underscore coach, and also um, a Facebook page at Christina Bruce Coach. Amazing. And we'll include all those links in addition to the books you chatted about and the websites you chatted about um, in the podcast extras, guys. So you guys can get it at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E102. And that'll also be in the show notes um, so you can get all the things we chatted about today. And just thanks so much for chatting with us. This was really great. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again next Sunday to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be confused as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcasts reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.